calling out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. Broadcasting from the most famous small town in America, Woodstock, New York. It's the podcast that, you know, we should just call the coronavirus podcast from here on out because that's that's all we're talking about anymore. Uh, today, I think we're going to try to bring it back with some vitamin discussions, but of course, the vitamins related to COVID-19. Don't forget to check out all my content on the subject because that's all I'm blogging about as well as uh, COVID-19. It's at woodstockvitamins.com slash COVID-19. Um, so I'm here with Dana today, as you can tell by the chuckling. Hi, Hi. Dana. Hi. Let How's me just it? step over more of your speaking. <laughs> Um, have you watched any good conspiracy videos lately? I'm not watching Netflix anymore. I'm just looking for conspiracy videos. Well, you know, some crazy broad posted, what was it? I'm sure we've all seen that. Make sure you bleep out that name. I don't think anybody needs to hear it. It doesn't need any more attention than it's already gotten. Fair point. Um, but yeah, there's conspiracy videos. I feel like, and that's actually what I'm writing my blog about this week is about this subject. I feel more than ever that the conspiracy videos are flying. And the reason that I kind of even pay attention or address it is because I think that there's two wellness aspects to it. The first thing is what I think is really going on, which is the mental side of things. Mm -hmm. And then this is basically supplement life anyway. So let's talk about that one first, right? Mm. With conspiracy videos are just what we deal with all the time in the supplement industry, right? So we have uh, a video or a blog or some outrageous claim made by somebody based on a thread of science with a couple truths, and then it gets spread around and then people start taking resveratrol for their heart, you know? <laughs> and and so the misinformation train just it's just the, the same. It's just, this is just an exaggeration of it because everybody's at home and because this is really scary, but this is what we deal with all the time. So I feel like the ability to kind of discern truth and, and to look at stuff more critically is going to help people use supplements and, and get to a wellness place better. Right. Yeah. That's actually something I hadn't considered that. I mean, like I knew that you had to deal with people just wondering about random factoids that they've heard. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you do have to debunk conspiracies daily. All, all the time. And that's that's what I teach my students in supplement school. It, the idea of our paradigm of supplements being better. You know, the, in my world, it's the corruption is with big pharma. Big pharma is the problem. They're the devil, lots of corruption. So the obvious answer then is supplements, the natural products industry. And right. and that is what I, I challenge. The idea that one is corrupt, but but just because it's corrupt doesn't mean that natural products are the natural answer. And it also doesn't mean that they're not corrupt. And in fact, natural products industry is big pharma. You know, we've got that graphic that shows that most supplement companies are owned by mega corporations, uh, Garden of Life being one of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of people love them and they're owned by the devil. They're owned by Nestle. So <laughs> oh, Nestle is the devil, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so if you um, don't know about that conspiracy, that one's true. Right. And, and, you know, that kind of brings up the point is conspiracies are happening in broad daylight. So they don't even need to be conspiracies and people are just ignoring them. Yeah. And I point this out a lot again with supplements, just like with the real life, uh, and the pandemic, I can say all day long that 31% of CBD is labeled correctly. I can say that 80% of herbs in a New York attorney general study had no active ingredients in them. I can talk about how salt palmetto is adulterated with animal fats, and that's you know obviously a bad thing. I can talk about all the different examples, and people just go on just buying stuff, right? Nobody changes their mind because mm. – 
me saying something's bad doesn't fit in with the worldview that big pharma is corrupt, not the natural products industry. So there's a, a, a school of people that are just kind of bought into it. So, and, and it's, it's fine. Like I want people to change their minds about the whole thing. Understand that there is corruption on both sides and we can still navigate it and use it for our benefit. And I offer my services to say, listen, if you see something wacky, you know, if you see something, say something, if you see something wacky, send it to me and then I'll debunk it for you. I'll let you know if it's real or not. And that is what led me to the, (laughs) (laughs) oh my God, this (laughs) stupid video. Like I almost swore like six times right there, just thinking about it. I want to not forget the second part of that. So the second thing that's going on is, is that it's an emotional thing and I'll kind of talk about that. Um, But I offer my services to say I'll debunk it. So I got no exaggeration. 32 people contacted me with the link to that blog article or that video, that conspiracy video. And that is, it just like triggered me. Like I started twitching out and because it wasn't like, Hey, what do you think of this? I got like a few of those, like a couple locals here were like, Hey, what do you think of this? Right. You know, family members, other pharmacists were like, boom, mic drop. This is proves my point. Boom. You know, I'm right. You're wrong about this whole thing. It's a conspiracy. And then I've got the whole like proceed with an open mind. You have to look at this with an open mind, Neil, open your mind. You're the one with a closed mind or don't make fun of me. Don't make fun of me for this. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, so here's the thing. I, 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 you know, you can show me something and I'll help you debunk it. And I will never put somebody down for not understanding the difference. But when it comes to this batch insane stuff like your red flag should be going off without without even questioning it like this is the equivalent as i've said a few times the national acquire mm-hmm. like i can clearly see that there's some truth i'm sure i'm sure there's something going on with brad and angelina i have no idea <laughs> but but <laughs> but the, the specific claim that they're making there, there's no way it could be true or who even cares if it is true right it's 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 so when we engage with this crap we're we're validating the existence of it and we're encouraging other people to keep doing stuff like that. And so these things, you know, they're clearly not real. You know, they're clearly not factual. When somebody approaches it with like a, Hey, approach this with an open mind and Hey, don't make fun of me. That's them kind of saying, eh, this sounds a little crazy to me, but I kind of want to see if there's any truth in here. Cause it, it would make me feel good if there was truth in there. And when I do respond, and if I respond harshly in some situations because they're so outlandish, the claims, or uh, it's because I think it's disrespectful. People are worried about how they'll get called names for liking, sharing, and believing in this nonsense, but they're not thinking about the disrespect that it's causing to the people that are literally freaking dying, the people that are risking their lives to go to work to stop people from dying, the people that have to go work for $11 an hour at a grocery store. It's disrespectful to, to, to sit at home and share this nonsense and, and make it worse for everybody. You know? and, and here's the thing is like, if this stuff were real, what does it change for you? How does your life change? Like by sharing that, did you, did you uncover something? Did, is something going to be different now? Or is this just kind of, Fodder. And and I keep going back to, I want people to help them cope with all of this because there's a lot of emotional stuff going on. One of the things I've encouraged is to become a leader in your world and to reach out to people that are high risk and make sure they're taken care of and grocery shop for other people and, and be charitable and stuff. And and that's what helps. But sitting there festering in this like cesspool of misinformation, it's not helpful for you and it's not helpful for anybody else. Um, and so it kind of goes to my thesis on the whole subject of this conspiracy theories is that it's, 
people sharing these videos is just like me eating M&Ms. I've gained 15 friggin' pounds through this thing. Because, <laughs> uh, my, my, Belly is uh, bruised from my belt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I didn't say that, but uh, it is true. I got winded going to get my salad for lunch today. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but it's the same pattern. You start out with some sort of emotion or whatever, something in the pit of your stomach, and then you have an impulse to act, and then you do the thing, and it scratches the itch, and then. Sometimes you'll feel regret after, you know, oh, I shouldn't have eaten those five cookies, you know, uh, I shouldn't have done that thing. And, and really what it comes down to is this pattern. This is an emotional thing. So for people, we're afraid, we're angry, whatever. And sharing this crap helps us feel better. It's scratching an itch, but that's, that's like taking heroin, you know, like, like taking heroin will make you not want to fiend for heroin anymore, but then it makes you need more heroin. Yeah. And it's not healthy. And if we're talking about wellness, if we're talking about living our best lives, we have to like realize that we're stuck in the matrix. I've did a blog article about this. Like we're stuck in the matrix and and the way that everything is framed for us, we're just buying into and we just kind of keep tweaking out over. And uh the conspiracy video thing is just it's just pretty upsetting because now people are getting really emotional. Like you can't even criticize stuff without people thinking it's an attack because again they're getting more entrenched into this emotional defense mechanism stuff. And you know, so the suggestion the answer here is what we've always said it's meditation and mindfulness. It's really kind of becoming used to the quiet. Uh, so when you're quiet, your mind starts racing and you just have to kind of acknowledge that it's doing that. And you're having these feelings and these sensations and you need to go back and just breathe and just focus on one thing, the, 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 the feeling at the end of your nose. And, and this is probably one of the best things that anybody can do for wellness is to develop a meditation and mindfulness practice because everything else kind of comes out of it. As I said, 15 pounds later through the five weeks of COVID, how many weeks has it been? Like no, weeks. It's, it's been like I'm eight years. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I think it's, I think we're coming up on like eight or nine weeks yeah, oh in God. New York anyway. That's pretty nuts. So, and like, and that was late. So, um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, it's, it's like gaining that much weight in that much amount of time, you know, it's, it's, it's clear what's what I'm doing, you know, and, and that's what we're all doing in some way. So, uh, you know, being more mindful about the decisions that we're making, it's really important. And again, we've got the coping with COVID series that we've done four videos with psychotherapists. I'm hoping to get a couple more types of people on there and do, doing some videos to help people. I, um, I thought they were really great. You liked like, them? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's not even really my thing. I'm sort mm -hmm. of like too cool for school, you mm -hmm. know, and I roll my eyes a lot, but just listening while I was editing, I was like, oh, this, you know, these are actually really nice sentiments. Yeah. And, and I've, I've shared them with a lot of friends. Yeah. And it's not, it's not foo-foo nonsense. I felt yeah. like Stevie came at it with a lot of like, uh, like, uh, frilly stuff the first time he did it. <laughs> and then the second time it was tangible. He's like, boom, boom, boom. This is yeah. what we need to do. And I think Ben did a good job with that and explaining our, our minds. And of course, Dr. Dresdale, you know, he's the, he's the, the big, the big he's fish around guy. here. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's very articulate in how he, uh, kind of helps people with all of this stuff. So, um, so yeah, so that is like where my head's at with conspiracy theories. And I think why don't you say the Adam Carolla thing? <laughs> Cause I think uh, that's well, really funny. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on how you knew I ate five cookies yesterday, but <laughs> Um, yeah. Cause well, we're the same person. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. Adam Carolla has said repeatedly, when you were a kid, did you ever think that adults were this stupid? 
<laughs> and sorry if someone's going to take, oh, no, I'm not sorry if someone's going to take offense for, for that or to that rather, like pull your head out of your butt and think rationally. Yeah. And Dr. Dresdale said, if people were rational, he'd be out of a job. True. You know? <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a line in supplement school. If everybody was good at juggling, clowns wouldn't be in such high demand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so basically, uh, yeah, people are irrational and we, and I think this is a very much a sign of our culture. So this has been the eighties and the nineties, uh, like just frothing of consumerism and individualism is coming to the surface without proper mechanisms to handle it. I think the best gift that you can give your children and future generations is mental health awareness and meditation and mindfulness. I feel like it's totally cool to not know the facts, but it's become uh, a rite of passage to walk into a conversation cold and then just blurt out what you think is real and then get offended when people are like, no, that's not correct. And then we're even like talking about like what is real and what is not. And it's just, it's just like mind blowing. So it's a very difficult time. It's really tough for somebody like me who's mentally ill to be a wellness <laughs> influencer uh, because, you know, whatever the hell that means, because, you know, then I kind of find myself in the middle of all of this stuff. So, you know, that it's partly why I've always avoided these kinds of roles, like where my personality has to come out because I, I'm very like personally, like if if we were in a room and it was me and a bunch of colleagues and somebody with no teeth came up to me and was like, doctors are the devil, they're, you're all corrupt, like I would probably be the person to punch that person. Like that's what I would do. Like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even try to argue with them. I would actually like get into an altercation because that's how crazy I am. So <laughs> like I just I get really I take stuff too personally here and and like I think that we're at this weird place in society where everybody can put their crap out into the world and then, you know, and then think it's valid and it's not all valid. It, none of it's valid, to be honest with you. There's few of little of it that is valid. And, and, and that's true too about the data. Cause when, when we're talking about these conspiracy videos, we're talking about the data, you know, the data and even with supplements, what's the data say. And the truth is, is that there's this big pile of white papers, things that look respectable, but there's maybe a couple needles in that haystack. And, Part of what makes um, part of what makes the video believable for people is the production value. Yeah, but well, I'm, I mean, we make nice videos. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like our stuff looks really good. My buddy is a uh, rap artist in France. Okay, he's oh. from Margaretville. Uh, Eli, what's up? And uh, and he, uh, I showed my daughter because she's into poetry. He does poetry, of mm -hmm. course. And I showed my daughter the video. She's like, "Wow, he's an, a celebrity." And I'm like, "Well, kind of, but like the video was just <laughs> shot really nice." So yeah. again, that's a very childish, like, "Ooh, oh my god, that's like a really high tech video." But the technology is there. But go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that um, everything you're saying to me resonates in this new phrase. Well, it, it's a few years old at this point, but the idea of my truth. Yeah, I like. My skin crawls when I hear that because I'm like, your truth is your opinion. Yeah. Truth isn't what you're talking about. You're talking about your opinion. Yeah. The truth mm -hmm. is different from, quote unquote, your truth. And I think that idea has been lost and people are too, uh, they're encouraged too much to live their truths, which means, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of shame. And mm -hmm. when people are acting up, they're not shamed for it. Like mm -hmm. nobody's kind of whipped back in line. And I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get into a whole Capital punishment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get in uh, like off on a whole tangent about how we're, we're towing the line of like chaos in society. I don't want to sound like too uptight or anything, but 
allowing people to just think whatever makes them feel good has, again, resulted in this. Your truth isn't the truth. It's mm. your opinion. Right. And that's and, just part of people's emotional reaction. And it, it also, yeah, so exactly. It's all emotion. So like, well, everything you're dictating is just our inability to handle our emotions. And actually, you kind of touch on something else that goes to the conspiracy video thing, too. And it goes to supplements. People are divided. Mm-hmm. especially with the supplement industry. And they, they don't like doctors because doctors poo poo supplements. Right. And that's the problem is that when doctors are shaming um, the misinformation, the poor product quality, they're not doing it um, tactfully. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're just rejecting it outright because they've spent their entire lives studying and, and pursuing things in a certain manner. And thankfully they don't believe conspiracy. I hope they don't believe conspiracy videos. <laughs> so uh, thankfully they're, you know, and medical professionals with integrity, their uh, threshold for what they can trust and what they believe in is high, right? And that's why we are smart. That's why we are, we're healthy, right? That's why we're we're doing what we're doing, you know. But on my Facebook page, I I posted the thing about the conspiracy video, and I said, if I, I want to be blunt here, I want to talk about how if this is what you consider research, you need to really kind of go back to the drawing board. And somebody said to me, uh, actually, my old high school professor, he's like. He's like, you're not being blunt enough. You know, it's not very blunt. And I said to him, it's not just because I'm a businessman. It's because being so divisive is actually what just furthers the divisiveness by by just being, you know, just squashing people and saying you're dumb for believing something like this or how dare you believe something like this. It doesn't help the situation. So it's like, how do we help people kind of see what's real nicely and kindly to help walk them back from the one side to the middle? And that's been our kind of mission over the past like four or five years, I would say, instead of fighting with people, when people would come in and say, this is the supplement I want. And we go, that's dumb. You know, like <laughs> uh, we, and turned into this model saying, well, this is what we believe. This is our standards. And this is what our standards based on. And this is how you have to see the, the world, take the the right pill in the matrix, not the blue one, take the red one and, and see the truth. And, or is it the other way? I don't know. I, I don't. Know. I thought I the blue pill was. Yeah, the blue. Yeah. Oh wow. Really? That's that's insulting. The blue pill is the bad one. That's the one that the the guy from Sopranos took, and you know that's the bad. So anyway, so the uh, uh, the red pill is is what you want to take, and uh, so you see the world for what it really is, right? And and uh, and help people kind of navigate it better with more information. And I just think it's it's better to not let people off the hook, not let people be so you know braggadocious about it and, mm-hmm. uh, and call them out, but try to do it in a way that gets as many people back to the middle as possible. You're always going to have people on the end. So, yeah, I mean, realistically, whenever you're trying to just to educate somebody who's so set in their ways, just think to yourself, if somebody came at you, like, that's stupid, what the <laughs> hell are you thinking? Right. I mean, how would you react? No right. one's going that's to react whole, to right. The sugar versus spice, right? Exactly. And everything nice. Although mm-hmm. to quote the sage, Kelly Bundy, <laughs> <laughs> Rather than attracting flies with honey, if you pull their wings off, they'll eat whatever you give them. <laughs> she said that on the. Well, it was it was her and yeah, well because um because Marcy Marcy Darcy was like you get more you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar and Kelly was like yeah but if you pull their wings off they'll eat whatever you give them and I was like she's right that's <laughs> my new motto <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so let's talk about vitamin D though that's what we're here for enough conspiracy theory dissecting. We're here to talk about vitamin D and there's a lot of stuff that we should say about vitamin D. So we'll start out first with the vitamin D coronavirus connection. So this is something that I've talked about in a couple of blogs because it came up pretty early. So there is research, there's stuff about vitamin D that's important to what we're dealing with right now. There's 
a couple papers that I would say that review the role of vitamin D, or at least not the role, but the relationship between vitamin D levels and the frequency of respiratory infections. Really? Yes. Oh. And, and it's been known for a bit. Like This is something that we've been kind of familiar with. The idea that if your vitamin D level is suboptimal, you'll have more respiratory infections just generally. Oh, I guess I should leave the house once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have to get some vitamin D levels because your levels are probably pretty low, and that's an important thing. So then some dudes were doing a quote-unquote study in one of the hospitals or systems around here during this COVID thing, and they were trying to pull together vitamin D levels and COVID survivability, right? And so they published this paper, and there was a lot of flaws with it. One of the biggest flaws being that it was a small number of people um, that they actually had vitamin D levels attached to the patient, right? And like how they did the study was kind of weird, but essentially they found the same thing. If the vitamin D levels were low, the COVID seriousness escalated quite a bit, Hmm. okay? So it's important information in that it, it, you know, it's not a surprise. It kind of reaffirms what we already have established, but- the bigger picture here is that what do people do with it? What does the scientific media do with this? As you know, we had James on and he was talking about the scientific media and how it's all nonsense. So they present it as vitamin D cures COVID or vitamin D will prevent COVID <laughs> or people are sharing it saying we need vitamin D. Vitamin D should be used in all the hospitals. And, and while I agree that there's almost definitely a connection between strong respiratory response and vitamin D levels, I don't think that we can make that strong of a connection. But it doesn't matter because if you're tuned into me, following my stuff, I've already said that vitamin D needs to be one of our top priorities. Before we take any supplement for any reason, we need to take the five nutrients that almost everybody would benefit from and that are missing in our diets, that it's very difficult to get in our diets, even in the best diets, omega-3, probiotics, bone support, which includes vitamin D, proteins, and some some micronutrients in some situations. I don't like to say multivitamins because most multivitamins are garbage, but targeted micronutrients are important for some people. So vitamin D is something that we should already be addressing and already be taking. So our vitamin D levels shouldn't be low, but as a population, they all are. Hmm. Is that from video games? Cause we spend too much time indoors. Pretty much. I mean, like I, as I said in the article, uh, Netflix is awesome. So, you know, everybody's <laughs> inside the idea of, uh, getting lots of sun, even that needs to be kind of taken with a grain of salt. So when we talk about vitamins in general, we talk about, uh, why, what makes something a vitamin is that our body doesn't make it. Okay. So our body doesn't make it. We have to get it from the outside. And the thing about the vital nutrients is that it's difficult to get these things from a good diet. Vitamin D is no exception. If you ate liver a bunch, especially fish liver, it wouldn't be a problem at all. You'd be getting about a thousand units a day, but then you'd be a gross human being. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, liver. I don't. Don't even say that you'll eat liver. It's stupid. Don't. It's look. It's not a great texture. I admit (laughs) it. But cow's liver is not the most offensive thing. Right. That's probably gigantic too. I mean, it's about the size of a London broil, I guess. About a human liver that I have in my closet at home. yeah, so so thankfully I haven't crossed that bridge yet. <laughs> Alex Jones, on the other hand, may have. He, he has got livers in his house. No, you didn't hear how he was the his latest videos. He said he he's prepared to eat his neighbors and feed them to his daughters. That guy's the scum of the earth. We had a store in West Hartford, Connecticut, so we cared for families that were affected by Sandy Hook. So oh, I would God. 
I would punch that guy. But but if I He's punched him, I would give him attention. And that's again back to the conspiracy theory thing. Clicking on that crap justifies it. It's like buying a copy of the Inquirer. The more they sell, the more likely they're going to stay in business. Don't buy the crap, right? Don't pay attention to those guys. Anyway, so <laughs> you know, fish liver is a good source of vitamin D. But then, like other fatty fish, plants are kind of low in it. If you eat a bunch of mushrooms, you might get a hundred units hmm. of vitamin D. Most of us will need thousands. Okay, we'll get to that in, in a minute. So there's no real solid food sources of vitamin D. So then the nice thing about vitamin D is that you can interact with the sun a little bit just by showing your face to it and you'll get higher vitamin D levels and that's excellent. And the problem is that none of us do that. Nobody goes outside. We're very sedentary. If we do go outside, we have to remember that the sun will try to murder us. So uh, we have to wear sunblock because we'll get cancer. So we're blocking the sun to try to prevent cancer. We're not really interacting outside on a regular basis. So we can't really rely on the sun as a source of vitamin D. And part of the justification for my vital five is saying, these are things that you couldn't do, you know, on your own naturally through diet. And so vitamin D is something that requires supplementation. So that's why I like to talk about it a lot because we have to supplement correctly. Um, then in another interesting thing about vitamin D is because the sun produces vitamin D, it's technically not a vitamin. So it's hmm. made in us. It was discovered because, uh, you know, we were looking at vitamins at the time, but no, we found that if you ate certain things, there was something in there, a compound in there that could stop rickets. Right. Right. And so we thought it was a vitamin, but in fact, vitamin D is a hormone. Huh? Mm -hmm. That's, I, I can't even work out how that works. Hormones are things that are made in one part of your body, secreted into the blood, goes to other target tissues, does what it's supposed to do. That's a hormone. Right. Huh. So, so, and that's what's going on in your skin. There's a pro vitamin D compound. Okay? okay. And it interacts with the sun and then it turns into this form of vitamin D that then goes to our liver and kidney to be activated. And then that ends up doing all the magical things that vitamin D does. Huh. Same kind of reaction or relationship in plants as well. So when a mushroom is exposed to UV light, the sun, it's pre-vitamin D hormone or vitamin D compound gets turned into vitamin D. So it's pretty interesting, right? That is interesting. Yep. So, and that's another point is that vitamin D isn't one thing. Vitamin D isn't a vitamin, it's a hormone. And this is the way that almost all of the vitamins work is that the vitamin that we talk about, A, B, C, D, E, K, right? They don't exist as one thing. They exist as what we call vitamers, different forms of the vitamin. Okay. <laughs> All right. So when we think about vitamin D, there's actually vitamin D one, two, three, and four are major forms of it. But there's, I think there's like 21 different compounds that are made up to make vitamin D, some crazy number. And the numbers just keep getting bigger as they find things that are kind of related to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, how many vitamin Ds are there? Uh, a bunch. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably around five vitamin Ds that matter. But when it comes to our health, there's two that we care about, vitamin D2 and vitamin D3. And that's the stuff that most people are talking about when they talk about vitamin D. Mm -hmm. um, so I bet you know the difference and I bet you can tell us all about it. Oh, uh, I can. I can. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to do such a thing. Um, so yeah, let's focus on the science of vitamin D first, and then we can talk about what we need to do with it. So vitamin D2 comes from quote unquote plants. And I say that quote unquote, because vitamin D3 comes from lichen, which is technically a plant, right? Um, but vitamin D2 is the plant-based one. 
It comes from a compound called ergosterol is the thing that's found in the tissue. Sunlight hits it and it gets converted to what's called ergocalciferol or the vitamin D2 that you're thinking of, that we all think of. Um, in I was totally thinking calciferol. Totally calciferol, yeah. <laughs> ergocalciferol, that's fine. And then um, in... In animals, the precursor compound is dehydrocholesterol, and then that gets exposed to light and gets turned into something called cholecalciferol. So the two things, vitamin D2 is ergocalciferol, vitamin D3 is cholecalciferol. What matters is what the heck happens inside the human body. We'll get to that. But when we talk about the different sources, uh, plants are making the vitamin D2, as I said, animals kind of make the D3. So what are the sources that we would get when we get a supplement, right? When we would buy a vitamin D2 supplement, it's probably going to be from mushrooms. Mushrooms are mm. the leading source of vitamin D2. Vitamin D3 comes from three major sources. First, sheep's wool. Tell me how interesting that is. I mean, <laughs> sheep's I know, wool is a source of vitamin D. Do you yeah. know that? Lanolin? Well, I was going to say, I know that lanolin is used in like lotions and stuff. It is. Yeah. And one of the fat compounds in, in their uh, wool is converted to the precursor, which is then converted to vitamin D. So, and they, they can enzymatically do that and kind of suss it all out. So that's where it comes from. So that's one of the sources. That's so cool. It is very cool <laughs> how they that figure out, that man? out, right? <laughs> how the heck do they figure this weird stuff out? And then the second uh, source is a little bit more direct. It's cod liver, right? Oh, so mm -hmm. we know we squeeze liver. So like we said at the beginning, if you're gross, you eat cod liver, but you can squeeze the <laughs> liver. Vitamin D comes out and then you can throw it in a bottle. Here's my favorite pearl of wisdom around vitamin D supplements. Ready? Mm. cod liver is a source of vitamin D cod liver oil supplements, which is trying to give you omega three. They'll also have in their vitamin A and vitamin D, both the vitamin A and the vitamin D are not typically from the cod itself. The vitamin D that's in a cod liver oil supplement is almost always from sheep's wool from lanolin. Oh my God. That's actually ironic. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so this is how it's just one of the examples of how the supplement industry kind of, uh, I guess misleads people and <laughs> the idea of it's natural mm -hmm. has to get taken out of people's heads. When I teach in supplement school, I say, you know, the idea that the protein that you're taking or whatever is natural. And you look at the, the actual processes, the, the flow charts that they use to say, step one, we do this. Step one, two, we do this. And then all the different reactions that have to happen. You'll see that it's so far from natural that uh, it's really a pharmaceutical that's uh, being disguised as a natural product. So that's something that we should always remember is that, you know, again, cod liver oil is a great example. They're taking out the stuff that matters, concentrating it pharmaceutically and then putting it back and not even from those original sources, you know? So that's just kind of me going on a little tangent. Um, well, I have a question mm -hmm. about um, vegetarians and vegans. Mm -hmm. um, since you said that you, the likeliest source is mushrooms, but that's a low source, mm -hmm. would the, you know, the cod liver oil or something to that effect, would, would that like make a vegetarian sick? Cause I know that they tend to get sick from animal proteins if they mm -hmm. haven't had it in a while. Well, no, because what those products are refined versions of it, there should not be anything left except for the vitamin D by the time you get it. Okay. But, uh, we wouldn't want vegetarians or vegans to take things that they shouldn't take. So when I said the vitamin D from mushrooms is lower, that means from food. So meaning like 
you know, you can eat an orange for vitamin C, mm-hmm. but acerola cherries have much higher yield of vitamin C than oranges do. You have to eat a lot of oranges to get the same yield as a single cherry. Huh. Mm-hmm. Because they just have more of it. Um, and so, uh, same thing with mushrooms. So mushrooms have vitamin D. You just have to eat a bunch of it to get it from food. But when we're making the supplement, they've got this really fancy way to not get the hundred units that you're used to getting, but thousands and thousands. In fact, it's like you can get as much as 40,000 units per gram of vitamin D uh-huh. when they when they make it that way. Now, when you're making um, vitamin D from sheep's wool, you can get a million units per gram. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, a much higher yield, right? But uh, at the end of the day, as long as you get the dose you're supposed to get, it doesn't really matter. But anyway, so then vitamin D3 is coming from those three sources. So the first we said is, remember, sheep's wool. Second is fish. Fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad somebody's paying attention. And third is actually lichen. Um, so they'll take little mossy, gross things that live on water and they make directly vitamin D, same kind of reaction. Vitamin D3 comes out of that. It's much more expensive because it's harder to harvest and the yield is a little bit lower and they have to concentrate it. So two sources of vitamin D are from are vegan friendly, uh, lichen and mushrooms. Uh, one is D3, one is D2. So then the question becomes, which one is better? Which one should I use? Which vitamin D, v- vitamin D2 or D3? Well, we talk about supplements uh, kind of generally. We don't really think about the absorption of them. So I, I like to focus on that. So which vitamin D absorbs the best? Which vitamin D then does the best in our body? And it seems that vitamin D3, the source from animals or lichen, will have the most effective impact on the blood levels of vitamin D. It'll increase the levels quickest and most efficiently, I would say, and uh, and then that persists longest. But vitamin D, after some time, will get you there. You know, in fact, a lot of the studies I've seen with single dosing, it's it's pretty much the same absorption. You know, you take vitamin D two, vitamin D three at the same time. It's going to increase the blood levels at that moment the same. The problem becomes with consistent use. Vitamin D, if you take a single dose, it'll keep your blood levels there longer over mm-hmm. time. Vitamin D2, it'll fall off pretty quick after pretty much three days. Vitamin D3 will stay for about seven. Hmm. So that's only a big deal if you don't take your pills every day. Right. So if you take your pill every single day, your vitamin D pill will be as efficient at raising your blood levels as your vitamin D3 pill. If you miss a lot of doses, your levels are going to fall. So that's the warning that I tell people is that, and most of us now, regard vitamin D2 for mushrooms and vitamin D3 as the same thing. So we wouldn't say one is better than the other anymore. Everybody pretty much is like, yeah, that's pretty much the same, right? D3 is a little bit more efficient, cheaper for sure, but they're pretty much the same thing. As long as you take it every single day, and that's the most important part. If you're going to use the mushroom one, you have to make sure you don't skip more than a couple days because if you do, then you're going to lose some ground and it's going to take a while to bring it back up. So then you do recommend taking it every day. Mm -hmm. Okay. D3 is nice because you could, if you wanted to, take all of your dose once a week. Oh, mm-hmm. Some people would like that, but everybody's taking a supplement every day, so might as well just take a small dose every day instead of a big dose once a week. That was sort of my thinking. But also, there there are times where I just sort of get lazy and I'm like, I don't care. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. but then with that attitude, suddenly a week goes by and my stomach starts to get upset because I haven't been taking my probiotics Mm -hmm. and my joints start to creak a little bit because I haven't been taking my glucosamine. Mm -hmm. And I know how you feel about glucosamine, but I do need it. Well, I mean, that's, I feel about glucosamine is that most people don't even know if it works. So if you know that it works then use it, but most, I mean, literally in like uh, 10 years, 
I think like one or two people have stopped taking glucosamine and actually had problems and had to go back on it. Most people are like, I take it for joints and like I get rid of it. And they're like, my joints are fine. So they've been just (laughs) swallowing refills. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and I think compliance is a big issue. I think that again, we're just kind of splitting hairs. Mm. Um, The one thing that should be said too, when we're talking about the forms and the sources that I bring to light is that vitamin D3 is often contained in powders. Um, So you'll find it in like a calcium pill Mm -hmm. or it'll be mixed with a multivitamin or something like that. And when you have the powdered version of vitamin D3 versus the liquids, just straight liquid, either in a soft gel, because that's what those are, the liquids in a gel Mm -hmm. or the liquid itself, the powders will absorb uh, less effectively. Mm -hmm. So you always want to get vitamin D3 in a liquid form, not in a powder form, because it's going to, you get more bang for your buck. So Mm -hmm. only use soft gels, only use liquids. When you're using liquids, you want to be careful because you could potentially kill yourself. <laughs> Not really. Uh, so the the vitamin you heard it here first. <laughs> the vitamin D drops are very concentrated. We sell one that's a thousand units per drop. That's a lot. Now, what if you accidentally gave yourself a dropper full? Well, you just gave yourself twenty thousand units, which is what people would take over ten days or so. Oh my god! So, and if you did that every day, then toxicity could be in your future. It should be noted that vitamin D toxicity, it takes a lot. It takes uh, a lot to get those numbers really high. Um, you know, we shoot for a target level of about 75. You need about 250 to really start to have problems. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot uh, to take. But again, 20,000 units every day, you'll be on your way. So, right. oh, uh, yeah, I'm remembering now the book you helped, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we can't talk more about it. But yes, I helped kill somebody with vitamin D. Yes. <laughs> so, um, So when it comes to using liquids, one of my patients actually gave me this method and I've now trademarked the name. I haven't really trademarked it, but I call it the clean cat method of vitamin D administration. You take a drop. Drop it on your butthole. (laughs) Whoa. That would be, as long as you're not dropping on the cat's butthole, I guess you're fine. So you take a drop, you put it on the back of your palm and you lick it up like you're a cat and you're going to like clean yourself. And, um, And that way you can visualize your giving yourself a single drop because again, people are trying to do it like eyeball it and they don't really, they're not really feeling it hit their tongue. It's hard to give yourself a drop if you don't have a calibrated dropper. So they'll drop some on the back of their palm and then they'll look it up and hopefully they'll wash their hands after they're done. So, cause that's gross otherwise. And I think that's actually a very smart method to make sure that you're not overdosing. Um, just be careful of the difference between the drops and dropper fulls and make sure that you can administer it in a way that gives you the correct dose every single time. Uh, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. That's a good method. So let's see. I have so many questions that you have already answered <laughs> uh, just by running your big mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does, I guess, yeah, what does it do for bones? Does it like help absorption or something of calcium? Yeah. Well, oh. that's, you just actually nailed it. So, Oh God, uh, <laughs> I'm smart. So most vitamins have very complex mechanisms of action, and we have a good idea of what a lot of them do down to the molecular level. And the real thing is like, what does supplementing do clinically to people? And what I encourage everybody to do with vitamin D is to take a timeout. I know I started by saying that low vitamin D levels are connected to respiratory illness, but the science really only supports bone health functions of vitamin D. So we only focus on the skeletal benefits. If you see a paper that talks about vitamin D is good for this thing or that thing or whatever, all I would say is that we want to focus on getting our levels to the target amount and that's it. And we worry about what it does to bones. 
you know, these theoretical things that come up, it's kind of like out there. And to be honest with you, a lot of the effect that quote unquote vitamin D is having on the world is not the vitamin D itself. It's correcting the low levels of vitamin D. One of the things I'm kind of alluding to, but not just staying, so I'm just going to say it, is uh, in the nursing home. We know that if you have somebody who's in the nursing home and their vitamin D levels low, they might have worse behaviors or they might have higher urinary tract infection huh. rates or something like that. Yeah. But is it the vitamin D or is it just the overall wellness of the person? And that's one of the indicators. So they, you know, having low vitamin D is fine. And this is where we're talking about subclinical, like the idea that your vitamin D level is supposed to be at some number. And there is a, a, actually a wide range of recommendations. There's no one group that says this is what we should be doing. And we know that a lot of us are below these numbers, but they're not low enough to cause actual disease like rickets. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, we're, we're not deficient. It's just, we're not at these like really peak or ideal numbers. And so what vitamin D does in the body is it helps us absorb calcium better. So we eat calcium, but there's actually like a floodgate that you can open or close to help calcium get into the blood more. Our body's sole purpose with calcium is to maintain a blood level, right? We want it to come in from the gut, right? Mm -hmm. We want it to be stored in the bone, right? And then we can pee it out. Mm -hmm. right? Those are kind of the three levers. So if we don't have enough calcium, what does our body do in the blood? If we don't have enough calcium in the blood, our body will say, Hey, let's absorb as much as we possibly can. So it'll open up the floodgates. It uses vitamin D to do that. Right. And then it'll also say, Hey, don't pee out as much calcium because we actually need it right now. And there's one more important step that uh, goes to the idea of why calcium and bone support is a vital nutrient is that if we don't have enough calcium in our blood, we're going to try to absorb more. We're going to try to hold on to more, but our body keeps calcium in the bones. That's where almost all of it exists. So your body will say, all right, well, we need more calcium in the blood because it's really important. So get it off the bones. So then your body will make your bones weaker to supply the blood with enough calcium that it needs. That's important because you need to make sure that you always are supplying your body with enough calcium so it doesn't have to take from the bones. It's like using up your savings, right? Mm. You don't want to keep dipping into your savings. Say you win a lotto and you start taking the money off the principal. Now you don't have the interest anymore, right? So you want to make sure that your principal stays untouched, you know, and then, you know, does that work? No, it doesn't work. The, no, right. I mean, well, yeah, kind of. Okay. So you don't, yeah. So we want to make sure that we're taking in enough dietary calcium. Our vitamin D levels are good. So that way we're helping our body maintain those blood levels of calcium. So your body doesn't go, Hey, we have too low of calcium. I need it from the bones. Hmm. And it's going to rob your bones and make your bones weaker. We don't want that. Now, if it's the opposite. If your body has too much calcium in the blood because you've been eating lots of it, it'll actually shut down that. It'll say, hey, vitamin D, go take a break, right? And then it'll stop absorbing calcium as much. And then it'll also pee out as much as it can. And then it'll store a bunch on the bones. Is any of that involved in like kidney stones or bladder? Yeah, there's a bunch of thing? kind of stuff that is at play there. It has to do with the solubility of the calcium. So um, I don't know if you remember from chemistry class, but you can take. <laughs> you think I took chemistry. <laughs> you didn't take chemistry? Uh, no. Everybody have to take chemistry? Anyway, so you can take a powder and you can try to put it in water and sometimes it'll dissolve, mm -hmm. right? You make iced tea and it dissolves. If you put too much iced tea in, it, it will start to fall out. That's precipitant, right? right. And so that's what happens. So certain forms of calcium, if they get too high, will kind of fall out of the blood and cause calcium deposits and such. So, mm. so 
Poor forms of calcium can cause, and we talked about this with the bone health one, use the wrong form, it'll kind of come out of solution and harden your arteries and such. Oh, geez. Yeah. So what we're going to talk about vitamin D. So vitamin D is just helping your body absorb that calcium. That's where your mind should stay. Your mind should say, I want to make sure that I have enough to help my body with its skeletal effects. And I know I need to hit some sort of target number in my blood because doing so means that I'll be less sick. All right. Taking vitamin D isn't going to make you healthier. It's not going to turn you from Clark Kent to Superman. It's just going to make sure that Clark Kent doesn't have liver disease. <laughs> Clark Kent doesn't die of pneumonia. That's what it's going to to do. Okay. That's the I analogy. Respect that. Yeah, yeah. And that's good. And that's an important thing. So you focus on the skeletal benefits, keep the number where it's supposed to be. That's where you want to stay with vitamin D. And that's the best uh, way to approach it. Again, with supplements, we want to sort out the bullshit. We don't want to get tied into all those crazy conspiracy theories and claims about what things can do. And we want to focus on what we know the best. And if we do that, if we do the things that we know, we'll live our healthiest lives. So there's no mystery or science or some secret that we don't know. It's just that uh, really the, the goal for all of us should be to optimize our wellness based on the best data available. And I kind of happen to have that methodology on my site. Anyway, oh my God, how, handy. how handy. Anyway, the um, let's talk about now the vitamin D level, because that's what we've been talking about a bunch. What should my level be? How much vitamin D do I need? I don't know why I wrote any of these questions, man. You're just asking them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've done this before. <laughs> I've had this conversation before. So the National Institute of Health believes that our number of vitamin D should be 50. I'm not going to use the different units, but no, there are two different units. So the number that I'm using is nanomoles per liter. If you divide it by two and a half, you get the other measurement, which is nanograms per milliliter, I believe. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. nanograms per milliliter. That's, that's the conversion I got. Right, exactly. So focus on the nanomoles per liter. So I'm going to talk about 50. But if you see lower numbers, it's not that I'm wrong. It's just make sure we're talking about the same unit, okay? So we're going to focus on the 50 just because it's easier to kind of understand. So the National Institute of Health says 50 is the number. If you have below 50, you seem to have less optimal bone health, right? Because that's all we're focusing on is bone health. And if you have over 50, you have optimal levels for bone health. But it's not like get 62 and you're going to be Superman. Again, it's just get above 50. That's all we care. I go by the Endocrine Society. In 2011, they did a clinical practice guideline. It said 75 is the number that you want. That seems to be the magic number for optimal bone health. So- uh, your doctor might say 50 is, is the number you're at 30. We need to get to 50. You're at 20. We need to get to 50. I would say, you know, it's not a bad idea to move to, to 75. As a result, you need to take more vitamin D than what the national Institute of health is recommending. In fact, I think they're kind of like, they got it goofed. The idea that you need to get to 50, most people are at 20 and then they're like, take 800 units a day. <laughs> that's not going to do, it's not going to get you there. Yeah. It's not going to help. So you want to um, bump up that dose. And especially if we're trying to get to the endocrine society's um, goal. So the dosing strategy they recommend is anywhere between one and 2000. So we know that postmenopausal and pregnant uh, women, obviously are uh, higher risk. They need more vitamin D. So I reserve 2000 units for them. And then everybody else gets a thousand units. If we don't know that we're deficient. Mm-hmm. But if we know that we're low, then we got to bump those numbers up. There's a prescription vitamin D and it's 50,000 units once a week. Wow. Yep. So 50,000 divided by seven though, for each day is 7,000 units about. Yeah. So, so 2,000 to 7,000 doesn't sound that big of a jump, but the 50,000, you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty big. So 
thinking about it on a daily basis makes it a little bit more adjustable so uh, or kind of accessible. So I would say that if you know you're deficient, cap it out at about 7,000 units a day. And you do that for 12 weeks. That's what the prescription normally is. And your doctor can kind of advise you up or down from there. But normally 7,000 is really where you want to live. Once you're done with that course, we've assumed that you've gone from deficient to not deficient. Uh, in fact, most people that are around 20 or 30, if they do this course, especially with vitamin D3, um, or they take D2 daily, they will increase their numbers by about 15 to 25 or 30. So you go from 20 to maybe 35 or 40. And in fact, the cool thing about blood levels with vitamin D is that the more deficient you are, the more impact it will have by supplementing. Hmm. So once you kind of get to 50 to 60, you may take the same dose, but it's not going to increase your levels as much. Your body kind of tapers it off, kind of does like a little, little tail, a plateau, I guess we can call it, right? So, uh, but your numbers will still go up potentially. So you don't want to overdose it. So you want to keep those numbers between one and 2000. The reason I say all of this is because uh, a lot of quacks are recommending megadoses, 5,000 daily, 10,000 daily, because it's such a big deal. Or now because of COVID, you need to take 50,000 five times a day for 10 days and to get that number up right away, because COVID's coming to get you and it's going to, it's going to take your jab. And, and like, we don't, we don't want, <laughs> I'm going to harken back to when you said it could, it could kill you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, well, COVID can kill you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guess it really, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> but the, uh, the idea here is that the, um, the mega dosing and taking it isn't going to protect you. It's not a shield that's going about you. Right. It's just that people that have low levels of vitamin D seem to have worse survivability. That's all. So it's important. We should have taken care of this already, but now that it's here, it's time to supplement. So I really want to make a joke about Jesus protecting you, but I don't want to offend. <laughs> yeah, offend please religious. don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, watch Rick and Morty this week though. It was great. Um, the, oh, yeah. the, so the vitamin D level is something that is discernible. Your doctor can write a prescription. You go get some blood work and they can tell you what your vitamin D level is. Um, now, there is no recommendation for routine screening. So you're not going to get it as part of an exam. Like you're not just going to go in and say it. Normally, it's like on request or if you are, say, like over 65 or you have some sort of condition, like you have a sedentary lifestyle, that might actually be enough justification or you're obese or actually people with dark skin, the melanin actually uh, changes vitamin D activity in the skin. So um liver disease, people with kidney disease, people with cystic fibrosis, um, all of those people will um, normally get a vitamin D level because of those conditions. And and so do that. I think you should get a vitamin D level. If you're curious, you can get one, but there's no real push. All I would say is like, just take the vitamin D. Again, we know that most of us on average are deficient. So take the 1,000 or the 2,000 units every day because we know that you're probably going to either gain a little bit because you're good. Your numbers are good. You might get you towards that 75 or you might be deficient and it might bump you up to where you need to be. Right. Is there any, um, like physical or mental change that someone could like, are, are you going to physically feel better or maybe just be a little bit happier so that you know for sure that it's working or nope. are you just, no, I mean, if, yeah. I mean, if you're deficient and you're really far below 50, you might have like muscle aches and weakness and back pain and there's just like a general kind of like achy feeling, but that's normally like super deficient people. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but vitamin D deficiency normally doesn't have any symptoms at all. So, okay. and so correcting that really won't change life for you. And a part of the problem with a lot of the supplements that actually work is that you won't notice anything. 
And that's one of the lessons that I learned early on in becoming a supplement expert is that we have to bake in the expectations. When you start taking vitamin D, don't expect to feel better at all. Just keep taking it and take it every single day. It's important. And you can use blood tests and measures to, you know, find out how well you're doing with it. But that, um, is not really necessary either because we just know it'll help. So. Yeah. And as you have said about things like bone health, um, you just have to build your bones up until you're like, I don't know, middle-aged and then you're just on the decline and all you can do is maintain. Right. And that's exactly where I'm at. And I've been thinking about <laughs> that. So, well, no, because, you know, like I'm 40 and we've been working on supplement school and I've mm -hmm. been thinking to myself, oh, maybe I should really ask Neil about calcium and vitamin D. Yeah. Well, as you can hear from my bone support lecture, you should have been worried about that 20 years ago. But no, the vitamin D <laughs> is something very important. And I have taken calcium on and off over the years. That's good. And and the, again, the lesson that I'm saying here, listen to the bone health Uh podcast that we did a ways back. It went through all the different micronutrients and why they're important. But the biggest lesson for anybody with calcium is that the ship has sailed for most people that are looking to take calcium. They're 70 and their bones are weak. And they're like, I need a calcium supplement and I want to do exercise. They want to do everything except for the thing that works, which is take the drugs. And calcium is important during the time of peak bone mass, which is around 30. So before and around that time, it's very important. Now, I'm not saying Calcium isn't helpful when you're 70, but it's not going to build your bones anymore. It's just, again, the, my article is called Calcium Doesn't Work. It's going to stop your bones from getting weaker, as we talked about. If you don't have enough calcium coming in to supply your blood, then your body's going to pull it from the bones. And that's the problem that we have. So, yeah, I think that vitamin D, without a doubt, if you haven't gotten that already, should be something that everybody considers and everybody integrates into the practice. Will it stop you from getting COVID? I don't know. Will it stop you from sharing a conspiracy theory video? Probably. And that's enough <laughs> for me. I mean, that's really our main focus. As long as you don't share those stupid videos. I mean, again, I'm downplaying them. If you see them and you want to know if it's real, ask me. But if you're going to try to start a fight, I'm going to fight and you don't want to do that. <laughs> um, but that's all I got. Do you have any questions for me? Uh, geez, I, I really think you covered it. I, I wasn't, I mean, I was joking, but I wasn't kidding before you <laughs> pretty much answered all the questions I had written down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, um, there's a lot of like key points about the supplementation with vitamin D. Obviously I've said them ad nauseum for my entire life. So I think that you, uh, got a pretty thorough beat down here of vitamin D. So I think at this point, let's just wrap it up, I guess. So our yeah. article this week is about, the Unhealthy Pandemic Habits. Check that out. Please visit our blog uh, for coronavirus content or otherwise. We have some podcast guests coming up in the next month or two, which is pretty cool. So we're going to stop me talking and start listening to people. An expert on prebiotics, an expert on fish oil. I'm trying to get a compliance person to come and talk about the regulations. One of the most interesting thing about supplements is that there's no pre-approval process. You can make something and say, hey, this is my supplement. Put it on the market. And as long as you don't kill anybody... Uh, it's fine. Nobody's going to check up, check up on you. Oh, so. you know, I wanted to tell you something that might be heartening mm -hmm. is a friend of mine. Oh, she's like a friend of a friend mm -hmm. and we were having like a zoom meeting and I was telling her about supplement school and she was like, her first question was just in earnest. How does he deal with the, uh, he being you deal with the lack of regulation in the supplement industry, being a pharmacist and knowing that. And I was like, he's very thorough. He tours manufacturing sites. He meets the owners. He invests in independent third-party testing. 
because that's, you know, like this is his business and he has integrity, but it's a lot of work. And it's a a nightmare. I mean, um, one of the things I do on the side is also I create formulas for other people. I'm working on one and I wanted to do a vegan vitamin D Hmm. and there was a manufacturer claiming that vitamin D three was coming from mushrooms. And we just went over no. Well, technically vitamin D two, vitamin D three and vitamin D four all will come from mushrooms, Mm -hmm. right? We know that they exist, but not in a, a significant yield. The amount that they were saying that they were getting a vitamin D3 would require 9,000 pounds of shiitake mushroom to yield one gram of what they're talking about. So um, I obviously found them to be a liar. So when you do this and you, you interact to the depth that we do, and I, again, I don't even go that deep. Um, I can only go as far as I can go because then I say to the company, I start asking hard questions like, we're not telling you anymore. And mm-hmm. so I have to either walk away or I have to file a complaint and the FDA isn't going to do anything. And I don't want to be a jerk filing complaints about people, you know, cause it looks like I'm just trying to compete with people, you know? Um, so, um, it's, it's a dark, dark world in the supplement industry and it stinks. And I think that as long as people understand it and they can kind of embrace the fact that it's flawed, but there are good things out there and we learn how to navigate through all of the nonsense, we won't fall for the conspiracy videos. So I want to thank everybody. Uh, as always, Dana, thank you. Absolutely. So until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and be well. 